one, it's Mark and Annette with Trail Angels. You know, we're excited to be here today because it's the second day of, actually, it's the second hour of the second day of 2022. A lot, wow. of, a lot of twos in there today a, as, we're, a lot of twos. as we're coming to you from episode number one of 2022. We're excited about this year because we've really got a great lineup of people that we have uh, talked to that are excited to come on uh, and be part of our podcast. Well, it's been fun to see different individuals reaching out to us from all over the world and, and asking if they can be a part of Trail Angels uh, and we are thrilled to have them and have them share their experiences of resilience and hope and things that they have accomplished in their lives that we can apply to ours. So here we are, two years into the epidemic. Oh, man. The pandemic, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, here we are two years into this. And we wondered at this time last year, OK, this is about over with, right? <sighs> And so Annette and I were talking, we've actually talked quite a bit, but I asked Annette a question a little while ago today. What was that question I asked you? Do you remember? What is our podcast all about? What's our purpose? What's our purpose? Why, why is uh, Trail Angels something that would be important to you? Why is it important to us? And we, we came across a number of different uh, ideas. There were a lot of answers as to why we think it's important to have these podcasts. And so we made a very conscious decision about uh, the focus on our podcast for 2022 for at least the next 10 weeks. So what are we going to do, Annette? We are going to chat about building emotional resilience. You know, this is something that I have found in, in my life is something that is not talked about enough. We... But it's really it's been something that we have been focusing on for months and and we wanted to share these tools with you because they have benefited our life so much. And, and, you know, the reason why it's benefited us so much is because we've heard from so many others whose lives were benefited, whose lives were changed because of very simple decisions that they made to change. Most of the people that we've talked to, actually, really all the people we've talked to in 2021 had a very specific story, had a story about overcoming difficulties in their lives, being able to have that emotional resilience that is really necessary for all of us in a very challenging time in our lives. You know, right now, I can count so many individuals. I don't, I can't even imagine um, the heartache that is going on in the world today. You know, before we would say, you know, who do you know that's experienced this? And, and it was hard, hard to find someone that we knew. Well, we knew we had a friend of a friend whose friend um, had experienced passed away from COVID. passed away from COVID. Yeah. And now it's, you know, <clears throat> thankfully, you and I have not, um, knock on wood, we have not uh, contracted COVID-19, but our loved ones have. And and we're grateful that they have been able to um, regain their health. But it's not just COVID-19. It's not, but I think it's a great way to segment into what we're going to be talking about, because do you remember it was only three weeks ago 
that we started hearing about this new variant. Mm -hmm. And uh, Omicron was a new variant. And then one day we heard about the first person that had been diagnosed. And that was only three weeks ago. So I guess what we're saying is, is that we need to be prepared for the emotional struggles that every one of us will deal with, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's the death of those around us, whether it's loss of a job, whether it's so many different things. Whether it's a fire. Here we are in winter and the, the devastating fires and things that are going on. We need this strength. And and it's it's something that we just, like Mark said, we felt very strongly about sharing with you these tools to help you be prepared in whatever situation comes your way, because it's not just for a crisis or for, you know, some major event. These tools will help you in your everyday life. And it's something that I certainly wished I would have understood years and years ago and would have had these tools when we were raising our children. So there are some incredible resources, and uh, we're going to be building upon a lot of the resources that uh, are available to all of us. But before we start talking about the resources and about the 10 different courses that we're going to be focusing on, let's talk just a second about what we're going to be focusing on with regards not only to this, but also our normal, regular podcast. Right. And, and when you say courses, I would look, like to look at it as a lesson. You know, these 10 yeah. different lessons and tools that you have. So what else are we going to be doing along with this for the next 10 weeks? Oh, well, we are <laughs> we are building. This is what we're doing. We're building a lot of resources for you, our friends, and, and interviewing. We have many guests um, on the docket with many experiences. And so this is going to be actually we're going to have bonus a bonus uh, episode. So for the next 10 weeks, we're going to be doing two episodes a week. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's exciting to me because what we're doing is uh, we're really utilizing these skills. And as we talk to our guests, we were talking earlier, weren't we? The, about the fact that uh, each of our guests really talk about, uh, again, the, the fact that they have overcome some of the difficult uh, challenges in their lives. So we're going to really be putting our practice to use. Right. And taking <coughs> their experiences, asking specific questions related to this emotional resilience or that lesson of the week and how it has helped them and, and strengthened them. The other thing that we're hoping to do is that if uh, if Annette's brave enough and if we can figure out technology, then we'll be putting these on YouTube as well on our website so that you can actually see see us and not just, just hear us. So we've got a lot to do today. So let's get going. So let's just uh, kind of, again, set the uh, tone for the course I, again, I call it a course, uh, and that calls it a lesson. Call it anything you'd like to, but let me just tell you what those 10 lessons are going to be. Today, we're going to be focusing on building emotional resilience in our lives. It's a good place to start because we all need that emotional resilience. Next week, we're going to be talking about healthy thinking patterns. We're going to, the week after that, be talking about our bodies and emotions. The next week, we'll talk about managing stress and anxiety. 
Now, I know that none of you, including ourselves, have any stress or anxiety, nor have during the last two years. But we're going to talk about how the last couple of years has really hopefully benefited us by gaining some of those skills necessary. And then the next week after that, we're going to be talking about understanding sadness and depression, something that we hear an awful lot about through you, our viewers, or and uh, people that listen to our podcasts. What else are we going to be talking about it now? I don't think any of us like to admit that we may get angry a little more than we should. And um, it's super beneficial to, to learn how to manage that anger and, and not just manage, but overcome it. And then managing addictive behaviors. Now, this is something I found very interesting and um, looking forward to diving more into this because there are some things in my life that were pointed out to me as an addictive behavior. And, and they weren't necessarily vices, were they? No, no. In fact, they weren't vices. They weren't vices. And, but yet, as I understood and learned more about it in these, in these lessons and these tools, I could see that they, that they were an addictive behavior. Building healthy relationships. This is something that um, is powerful. And something that we need, we just actually interviewed a, a, a gal and it goes right along with this episode. Um, you'll, you'll love what she has to say and how she can share some tools with you and some keys. And then providing strength to others. And the 10th is moving <coughs> forward with faith. Now, we base a lot of these these lessons on our on our belief in in God in a higher power and knowing that that we can't do it all on our own and we also recognize that each of us may have a different um, belief system and that's all right that's great use switch the terminology if you will, if we use a word that might be um, different than what you would what you would um, use, just switch it in your mind. But at the same time, Annette, uh, when you talk about moving forward with faith, faith really is synonymous with change. So right. regardless of what that faith is in, change is a product of, of experiencing faith in your life. Mm-hmm. And I like to look at that faith as hope as well. And so, you know, there's so much in these, in this course that, that helps each of us. So let's, let's move forward. Let's, let's do it. And so we're going to be talking about building emotional resilience in our lives today. And so, and when I talk about emotional resilience, what comes to your mind? Courage. Courage in what? Courage to move forward. Courage to not stay stuck. Um, I talked a little bit about this the other day, but you know, I personally don't set New Year's resolutions, but I have a goal or a word, if you will, that that I focus on, and and for me, that word is becoming. And that's because it takes this emotional resilience to become the better version of myself, the better me. 
And because there are things that I want to improve upon. And so it takes that that. emotional resilience. Yeah, I I, I like that. You know, when when I think of emotional resilience, I think of the the ability to be able to not only help ourselves when we need to, but have the ability to help others. You know, there are a lot of times that we're going to come across a friend, a neighbor, a family member that is in need of uh, assistance one way or another. Do I have the ability to go in and be a difference to that person? And that's a, that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. I say, yes, you do. And, and I am so grateful for those individuals who've come into my life and have helped me when I've, I've struggled and needed something. You know, another thing I think about with emotional resilience is the courage. You know, you kept using this word courage to reach out for help when I needed it. Mm. Because for a long time, I used to think that if I asked for help, that meant I was weak. That meant something was wrong with me. And the reality is, friends, that does not mean that. That is emotional resilience. How many times in 2021 did we talk about the fact that uh, old thinking was about uh, not getting the help? Because we didn't want to look like we were needy. We didn't want to look like uh, we were weak. But this is anything but being weak or perceptions of being weak. It's about getting the help that all of us need at times when we need it. Now, I don't know about you, friends, but um, oftentimes things were just swept under the rug. You know, we're, we that's, that's our family's issue, and we're just going to sweep <laughs> things under the rug. And that's not the best way of dealing with things. Because at some point, we need to process that because it comes to the surface and we need to understand there's things we can learn and, and grow from. So, and I, I remember when our son passed away almost 11 years ago, there was a quote that someone gave me that I absolutely loved. And in fact, we put it on our refrigerator for the longest time. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I do. Because we also had a vinyl machine back in the day when we put sayings and things <laughs> on our walls. And this quote was one that you wanted and it's very long. It, well, it's not really long, but it's a, it's a nice quote, and I'm going to share it with you. Uh, it's it's by a fellow by the name of uh, Orson F. Whitney. Long for a tile. Let's say it that way. Long for a tile. There we there we go. <laughs> we we, had we used to tile. call it we used to call it wall tattoos, and That's what uh, kids our our whole home was uh, filled with wall tattoos. But they were great, encouraging. Oh, they they were very encouraging. In fact, we would even encourage you to put uh, important sayings around your house, whether it's on the refrigerator or whether you put a wall tattoo on your on your <laughs> wall of something that uh, is is going to give you some ideas and give you the ability to get out of bed every morning and uh, and, and work, work, work a towards great, a better day. It's a great reminder. It is a great reminder. Okay, go ahead and share that. Okay. Sorry. So this quote by... Uh, Orson F. Whitney, he said, no pain that we suffer, no trial that we experience is wasted. It ministers to our education, to the development of such qualities as patience, faith, fortitude, and humility. All that we suffer and all that we endure, especially when we endure it patiently, builds up our character, purifies our hearts, expands our souls, and makes us more tender and more charitable. And it's through sorrow and suffering, toil and tribulation that we gain the education that we came on earth here to acquire. I love that quote. I do too. And I can say that there are things that I, 
wouldn't want to go through again. I wouldn't want to suffer and have to feel that pain again. But I would never trade who I've become because of those experiences. That's an interesting perspective, Annette. And a lot of people would say, what are you talking about? You wouldn't trade that for for a child to be alive again? That's a hard one. And, and let me just say, I wouldn't. And the reason being is that it's kind of twofold. He suffered for so long. Yeah. And as parents to to watch your your child suffer and to be in so much pain and not be able to take care of it, it just it just just breaks your heart over and over and over again. But at the same time, when you look at when we talk about these experiences that no trial that we experience is wasted and it it ministers to our education. I am a different person. So what I guess I'm saying, and, and, you know, we know that we can't have it both ways. No. Would we like, would we love to have our son back? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would we like to be able to experience the things that we've learned during the last 11 years without loss? The answer is yes, but it's not possible. It's not possible. Sometimes you have to go through the problem, not around it, in order to really appreciate what uh, the world is trying to teach you. You know, one of the things in there's several things in this in this quote, but it expands our souls and makes us more tender and charitable. I can say without a doubt that I am more tender and I would hope more charitable in the fact that I can see the pain in others' eyes. I can see there's something that's familiar. There's something that, that I understand at a different level, at a soul level. And I want to reach out and just put my arms around these people and say, I love you. You can do this. You know, I, I appreciate you saying that. And Annette would never say this about herself, but from the observations that I had during those times that were very difficult within our home, were there times that uh, we, we just sat down and cried? Absolutely. There were also times that people didn't see that. And people would say, wow, you're really dealing well, well with this. When in reality, it was a struggle just to sometimes even talk about it, wasn't it? It was, which really takes us into this next point. You know, it's a choice. It's a choice when bad things happen. So what you're that's saying how we respond. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is that even when bad things happen around us, we still have the ability and the choice on how we're going to respond, don't we? We do. And and I've said this before, and I apologize if you listeners have, have heard this, but it's it's poignant in in this this area here. I had a friend who I was, I was on a walk one day and I found that for me, one of the things that helped me with my emotional resilience was to get outside and go for a walk. And, and the days that I struggled most, you probably would see me out there more walking. And um, one day a, a, a friend stopped me. And she 
she told me that I was living a lie. And I kind of looked at her and I thought, what are you talking about? And um, I mean, no, we weren't super close friends, but we were, we were friends. And she proceeded to tell me that I was living a lie because she saw me with a smile on my face or she, she heard me laugh when I was with a group of people or in different places and that I couldn't possibly be happy or that I, you know, to, to laugh and, and, and have the smile on my face. And I remember telling her it's a choice I've made to be happy. And so, yeah, this bad thing happened. We lost our son but I chose to not have it make, let me become bitter. But I wanted to be happy. I, I, I wanted to live life joyfully. I mean, to me, that was that was honoring our son. It, it was. And and uh, something that I, I thought of at the time, and I, and I think of now all the time as well, is that you know, to believe that someone or something can make us feel offended, angry, hurt, or bitter really diminishes our our moral agency and transforms us into objects that are acted upon and and and, and I, I've often thought of those who maybe weren't quite as resilient as you were at that. and uh, I, we, we know people that haven't been able to recover still and I'm not saying that uh, we did everything right because there were so many things that we did that we'd go back now and say if we could have done this differently we would have well let's let's have a little time out here. There are still things I'm working on. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, 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 but like I said, my word is becoming and striving to be my best self. So what are some of the counterfeits of best self? I mean, there, there are a lot of things out there that we could do. And by the way, I, I want to take a step back just for one quick second in it before you answer that question. We didn't. Uh, we didn't suggest that you that you uh, have a notebook and pen because we're going to ask some questions here, and I think that there's some homework that you're going to need to do as we reflect, maybe just for a moment or two, next week on what we talked about this week. And so, what we would encourage you to do is find a very, a very quiet place in your home, grab a blanket, grab your favorite uh, hot beverage. And with a pen and a uh, pad of paper, sit down and make some notes because it's really a product of what you're going to learn from this that you're learning about yourself as we have this discussion. Okay, so put us on pause. We're not going anywhere. So just put us on pause for a second and hurry right back. Okay, Annette. So I asked you a question a moment about a moment ago about what were some of the counterfeits? What are some of the counterfeits that we have in life as we as we maybe try to blame others or do other things like that that might take us away from our true selves? Well, I think one thing is we make excuses. Hmm. Um this is you know, it's it's New Year's and New Year's resolutions. I think something that people often will put if they put New Year's resolutions down, exercise, be healthier. And what happens 30 days down the road-ish? 
they start to make you were too busy excuses i was, I was too I had, busy i, I had, had other a, things going on i had to go to lunch with my friends and <laughs> all right you know whatever i was tired making excuses is something i think we all do we we do and and you know sometimes we see it in our children too don't we mm-hmm. because they rebel mm-hmm. uh we we see them complain and, uh, and and that's when we have to be really careful. That's where being able to reflect on a healthy attitude uh, and recognize that life, yeah, it is going to be unfair sometimes. You know, another thing with this, too, uh, of making excuses or complaining or finding fault is doubt creeps in. Mm. And doubt in abilities, doubt in in who we value you know, the values that we have and, and even sadly give up. We, we give up. And and some of the other things that happen with that as well is we might procrastinate Mm -hmm. because we're not feeling like we can do it. Maybe we're not feeling like we're up to it. And so we procrastinate until the point where it is, the time has passed and we just feel like we can't do it anymore. We get angry uh, what else do we do? We we indulge ourselves in self pity. Oh man, that happens to me all the time. Oh, that just wasn't fair. I wish this would have happened instead. Well, wish is going to be wish upon wish until we actually act upon it. And what about fear? How many of us live in a state of fear and let that rule our life? That is is not a great place to be in. Neither is self-justification. Yeah. Sometimes we get upset about something, and uh, that's when those habits we were talking about earlier creep in as well. So becoming emotionally resilient involves recognizing these responses in our in ourselves. And we're not saying, you know, go point it out in your, your uh, significant other or your children, but look inside recognize those responses in yourself and then use that agency that you have to choose to have more appropriate responses. So what you're saying is that there can be un, unproductive responses as well as productive responses. Oh, so yeah. let's, let's give an example for, for a moment here. Let's say that uh, you weren't selected for a job that you felt you were really qualified for and that you would have been the natural fit for that particular job. What would be an unproductive response? Oh, getting angry and writing a letter to HR, the manager that interviewed you and say, you loser. <laughs> you yeah, exactly. Say, you might get How upset. did you miss this in me? I'm the best candidate. <laughs> <laughs> you you might talk about the politics of the company mm-hmm. and, and uh, just how it just wasn't fair. So what would be a productive response to that? Well, a, a productive response could be even a note thanking them for their time. You ever heard of that happening before? I have. Why don't you share that experience? <laughs> Many years ago, I was I was uh, there was a reduction in force, and I was I was uh, new to not the company but to the position that I was uh, in, and uh, it was a uh, high level position. I was excited, but they had to take twenty percent. So who did they take? They took they took the last twenty percent of those that were two, newer. The two newest. So what did we do? I came home. We had just made the first payment on our new home mortgage. It was the first, first home we'd ever bought. First home we ever had, and the first month's payment had just been made. And here I am, here I am, I get the pink slip. So what did we do that night? 
we packed up the kids and we went to Disneyland. We we did. <laughs> we we did. You, you might think that was really unre irresponsible, but but we did. But while I was there, I had this little epiphany, and I thought, you know, I really gained a lot of skills while I was with that company, and uh, so I wrote a note and I sent it off from from Anaheim, California, mm -hmm. to my boss's boss's boss, who was the one that actually fired me. How dare he fire me? That wasn't in the message, though. What was in the message was, thank you very much for the opportunity. I had a great experience, and this will be a great core for me as I uh, move forward in my career. We come home from Disneyland, and there was a letter in the mailbox. Yep, this was pre-email days. <laughs> That's right. That was right. And in that uh, letter was a, a letter from my boss's boss's boss thanking me for the letter that he had received from me. He said, you know, I, I had a lot of responses and they weren't very favorable. He said, when I opened up yours, I thought, oh, here we go again. And what's, what did he see? He saw a letter that said, thank you very much. So, Mark, I'm curious, would you be interested? We're getting ready to start a new division. Would you be interested in being the head of that new division? Okay. Again, it was the way that you reacted to to a negative situation that no one wants to get the pink slip. But it was your response that gave you the opportunity to move forward in starting the new division. Believe me, I've had many mistakes that I've made in my life, but this certainly wasn't one of them. And I mean, we could go on and on. There are unresponsive or unproductive responses. There are, are uh, responsible uh, responses. Can you think of anything else in it? That, you know, uh, bringing it a little closer to home, when I, I, I think particularly of a time where I made a mistake and was truly unintentional and, and, and was something that ended up really causing a lot of pain and, and hurting an individual that I loved um, and that I thought highly of. And for me, you know, typically in in some responses and in times, you know, in the past when I was I was younger and less mature, you know, I didn't really want to own what mm. maybe I said or did. And I felt this shame and I kind of tried to cover it up and just thought if I go out of you know my way, I don't have to, you know, really associate with this person. But through the growth that I've had over these many years, well, that's not where I wanted to go. And and I recall calling her up on the phone and and just apologizing and and saying how sorry I was. And and you know, for this mistake and the pain that it caused her. And, and gratefully, she responded in a positive way. And, and this, we have a wonderful friendship. And, and I've actually thought often that that mistake I made actually made us closer. closer. Mm -hmm. And, but it was the response. It was a response. And, you know, our, our immediate uh, mortal thought is to justify our mm -hmm. action. Where you said, I'm sorry. And that's all it took. And it was hard. I mean, it was hard because I could see her pain and I could hear her pain. And, and so it wasn't just, I'm a 
I'm pretty sure she's hurt by this. I knew she was hurt. Yeah. So, so really, Annette, what you're saying is becoming emotionally resilient involves recognizing that uh, these kind of responses in ourselves and using our agency to choose more appropriate responses is much easier than dealing with the, uh, the, the, the opposite. Oh, for sure. So good discussion. Good yeah, discussion. You know, we, we, we all find, uh, we all find things that we could have changed that we'd go back and change in a heartbeat if we could. And hopefully relationships and situations aren't uh, at a point where we can't go back and do that even now. Well, what I'm loving about this, friends, too, is that as we as we have this discussion and, and we're learning these things, don't beat yourself up because maybe you did have an appropriate or unproductive response to certain situations. Chalk it up to learning. Chalk it up to, I didn't know better. Mm -hmm. Not that you're making an excuse, but just learn from it. Don't beat yourself up over it. I mean, that could have been 10 years ago. It could have been two weeks ago. Well, two weeks ago, you can still do something about it. 10 years ago, maybe not so much, but you can, you can make that choice to learn from it and choose to not respond that way again. Sometimes the hardest thing that we ever have to deal with is uh, the ability to be humble. Oh. And uh, humility certainly comes from that. You know, nothing is as constant as change in it. Change happens all around us and uh, we see it throughout our lives. We also have to deal with it. We can't just go around it. Again, we have to go through it. And some of the changes are welcome, but some are not. And uh, there are changes in our lives that are sudden, such as what unexpected passing of a loved one or unforeseen illnesses, maybe the loss of possession that we treasure. But most of us and most of the changes take place subtly and very slowly, don't they? They do. And, you know, I can look, I look back in our life and Will you hand me this bowl here on my desk? I just looked over, and when you talk about these subtle changes and things that happen in our life, you know, the, this bowl to me represents my life, actually, and the brokenness and the pieces, and but the beauty that's come because of those subtle changes. Mm. And that that resilience, that emotional resilience that's happened over time, but it's come through through learning and allowing, you know, you talk about being humble and not being, you know, so stubborn, but it allowed me to to come to a place where all of a sudden I didn't have to hide my brokenness. So what you're saying is what you're saying, Annette, is that you gained more vulnerability. Exactly. But you know, that vulnerability to get to that point, it was a subtle and slow change for me to become more vulnerable. But once I did the growth that has happened in in my life, in, in our relationship has been remarkable um, as we learned about that and, and trusted that we could be more vulnerable. 
you know, a little while ago you were talking about uh, how we used to do things, <laughs> like hiding things, hiding things under the rug. You know, if something <laughs> broke, you wouldn't uh, try to fix it like this bowl you're talking about. You would just sweep it under the rug, or or actually just sweep it up and throw it away. And you know, I, I I'm probably the uh, I, I'm probably the best example of someone that was not vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, she I'm laughs. She laughs, but I know what she's thinking, and that is, is that I wasn't. You know, I grew up with the idea that uh, you know, if you can internalize things yourself, just buck up and uh, and just just be strong, then everything would be all right. Well, you thought, but I mean, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that you thought that if I saw a side of you that that wasn't up on that white stallion that you weren't the knight in shining armor because you fell off and you had a little bumper bruise. And if you told me and we're vulnerable, then that might give you a little chink in your armor. You know, I remember many years ago when I was dealing with, and I say I, because it wasn't we were dealing with, but when I was dealing with our son's poor health, I remember we, we lived on a, a little bit of acreage and uh, I was out on the back. You probably don't remember this, Annette. I do. I, uh, I do. I, I was out on the back uh, ditch, and I was I was doing our weekly irrigation on our garden, and I thought I was out of sight. And I just sat down and and I did what instinctively came to me. I just started to cry, and I thought I can't let anybody see me cry. This is not something that uh, number one I'd feel comfortable with. And number two, people see me as, or at least this was my thought, people see me as an example. I can't uh, be weak. And the next thing I know, Annette is on my side, and she has her hand on my shoulder. And that experience in that day, as we sat down and as I opened up, and as I shared with her some of my most vulnerable, vulnerable feelings, thoughts, insecurities, that was a breakthrough day in our relationship. Even though we'd been married for 20 plus years, it was a breakthrough day because it allowed me to realize that, and that was there as a support, as a helpmate to me to be able to get through the struggles that I was dealing with. And, you know, I knew as soon as you started to talk there, I knew that memory came back into mind, standing at the kitchen sink, making dinner, um, and seeing you and and wanting to be there with you. And for some reason, friends, we think that we have it in our heads that the, the man has to be the strong, the strong one who never needs help. And that we as women, you know, go to him for protection and, and strength. And the reality is we are there for each other and those roles reverse at times and we need each other and we need to be that partner and not just in hard times, but in good times. And you know, what's happened more than anything is through these experiences and, and becoming more, more vulnerable, we've gone, we've, we've, we're going through things together as partners and even as accountability partners now, there were times that I didn't want to tell Mark what I was doing because I didn't want his judgment over here if I didn't follow through 
because I didn't understand this. I didn't have this strength and this emotional resilience. And so I tried to do it alone. Well, it didn't work. And, but as we became, as I began to use you as an accountability partner in certain things, all of a sudden I wasn't alone. I was never really alone, but Mm -hmm. it took me opening up to you and being vulnerable as well in, in different situations and that's so much of what then the strength came, this emotional strength and ability to heal in so many ways. So let's just go back for a second to unhealthy responses. Okay. An unhealthy response for you would have been to do nothing. Right. And ultimately that would have been an that, that would have been a response that uh, wouldn't have allowed us to get to that point in our relationship where we felt like we could trust each other and talk more openly about things. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about uh, when we talk about relationships, when we talk about trust, when we talk about vulnerability, sometimes the vulnerability isn't going to come by me just coming up to you, Annette, and saying, hey, I'm feeling really lousy today. Sometimes it needs to be our accountability partner. Sometimes it needs to be our partner, a member of our family, someone at work, that we just need to be more open to seeing what's going on around us. And sometimes when we see what's going on around us, it's not so much just hearing what's going on around us, but it's seeing. It's it's seeing the it's it's seeing the difficulty, it's seeing the pain in someone else's face. It's taking those blinders off. Now earlier I, I shared how because of these experiences that that I've had, that we've had in our lives, I can see that pain in another. But if I had the blinders on and I wasn't willing to see it, then I wouldn't. But there is something within me and I want to be able to see. And I think that comes, like you said, in being that gaining some emotional resilience and the strength in, in building it, be, being vulnerable. It comes back to being vulnerable to be able to say, me too. Where, you know, I understand and it's okay. You know, you we can do this. I'll help you get through this. So, Annette, as we talk about emotional resilience and finding the strength that we need to be able to deal with all of those situations that happen around us, how important is gratitude? <laughs> We've talked about vulnerability a lot. But what about gratitude? Is is gratitude an important part of uh, the emotional resilience? Uh, well, for idea? me, yeah, it really is. For me, you know, we talked about some unhealthy things, and anger happened to be one. And I, I may have taken offense when I was told once that I was angry, because for me, angry was not what I wanted to be. Um. You know, or I, I, I thought, how dare you say I'm angry because <laughs> I'm not angry. Look at me. But the reality was, I was. But I, I had to. I had to be willing to look at that and and see that. But what happened? What changed and really helped me to see that anger was when I began, and it was a conscious effort 
to start writing down something I was grateful for every day. And as I wrote down thoughts of gratitude, that's when the anger left me. So really expressing gratitude doesn't mean that you deny or ignore your feelings, your pain or your discouragement. Mm -mm. Uh, it, it does mean though, that uh, you acknowledge the blessings that you've been given. You know, I, you know, for example, uh, it could be when someone was kind to you or when you appreciate something you saw, smelled, heard, touched, or tasted. You know, I, some of you have heard me talk about going to the mountains in the mornings, in the spring, summer, and fall. And uh, I have gratitude regardless of what's going on around me. I have gratitude for the things that I can visually see, smell. I love the smell of the mountains. And I, and I, and I love to be able to just be in the mountains and express that gratitude to God for those things that he's blessed me with. And that really helps me, I think, as I'm trying to be more emotional resilient. Oh, I can completely see that. You know, one thing that that's stuck out to me this morning, um, we were at church and and a, a woman was, a sister was was saying the opening prayer and she thanked God for the sun that was shining. Even though it was seven degrees outside. Seven degrees outside. <laughs> and she thanked God for the sun that was shining. And you know what that did inside me? I I just, all of a sudden I had this smile. It was like this inward smile and this gratitude because had I noticed the beautiful sun this morning? No, I was I was focused on the cold. But here we had this sun reflecting, you know, shining down on this new fallen snow. And we've got this reflection and sparkles coming up and the mountains that have snow on them. It was, it's beautiful. But I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on the cold. But when she expressed that gratitude for the sun, I warmed up inside. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt the same thing as well. So, well, this has been a great discussion, Annette. It really has. I've enjoyed it. You know, it. one of the things that uh, we're going to ask you to do is to jot down some ideas. You know, ask yourself and, and put it down in, in your journal. You know, that's another thing we didn't even talk about is recording your, your thoughts, recording your feelings, and then being able to go back and look at those and determine, have I grown? And, and you're going to find that in most cases, the answer is yes. So one thing that we would we would ask of you this week is to find an accountability partner. Tell them what you're doing. Tell them that you're focusing on, on building emotional resilience, this emotional strength, and that that you need their help. And and here's a few questions to ask. Maybe you might want to write these down. The first question would be. How has another person helped you accomplish something that was difficult in the past? And maybe along with that, how can you help someone? What were some of the things? What were some of the attributes that that person had to help you during that difficult time? Those are both great things. And, and <clears throat> invite them to be a part of this with you because then they can, you can you know, both be helping each other. But another thing we'd like to ask of you is... Each day, 
write down one thing you're grateful for. You know, one thing. That's not very difficult, but one, one thing. thing. And this morning, for your example, it was a sunshine when it was seven degrees. <laughs> you that you heard that right. Not one seven, not two seven, not 37 degrees. It was seven degrees outside. And uh, she found something to be grateful for. And that gratitude warmed my heart. Yeah. It actually warmed me up. I was a little chilly and she and I smiled and I was warm. It was a beautiful thing. And and friends, we just we really appreciate you. And you know, speaking of gratitude, I am so grateful for those of you who have found us, who have found Trail Angels and Karen the Load and we love hearing from you. We love your responses and your your DMs. And, and please continue to, um, to reach out. So we invite you to diligently study and apply these principles and teach them to your family members as well. And uh, as Annette said, you know, invite them to listen to this podcast as well as we go through the next nine lessons. And as you do so, I really, we really believe that your life is going to find some, some harmony, some greater harmony than maybe even what you had before. You'll work towards greater self-reliance. You'll be blessed with an ability to have greater hope, peace, and, and progress in your life. It's, it's beautiful, really. And the things that have happened in our life as we have applied these, these lessons it um, it has brought that harmony and that growth and and you talked about you know you being able to reach out and help an, an, another. There is really not a greater feeling not owning their choices and their decisions and doing that, but being there as a helper and a supporter, a cheerleader, if you will. Um, these are all great things to have. Thank you, Annette. And listeners, thank you for listening with us today. You know, Brene Brown says that each of us have a story to tell. Each of us have stories that uh, will help others as well as ourselves as we allow ourselves to gain the wisdom that life's experiences will give to us. We hope, we pray that you find peace and harmony in 2022 as you continue to deal with the difficult parts of life that we have to deal with. We don't know how long we're going to be in this uh, time of disease and, and difficulty, but we know this, with a greater amount of ability to deal with these issues in your life, you will find that uh, ability to be happier and find that harmony in your life. So with that, we look forward to talking with you next week. Have a great week. Take care. Keep caring.